0: Welcome to Wondermine. I'm Larissa Parson. I'm a body liberationist, a writer, and podcaster. A mom two twins, and I have the worst freaking allergies this spring that I have ever had in my
1: life. Hmm. Solidarity, sister. Hmm. Um, I'm Elizabeth M. Johnson. I'm a writer, a reader, a parent, and an eater. Find my occasional substack called Ripe Time over at Substack, Um, but more regularly you can find me at Instagram and Twitter at EMJWriting.
0: And if you're new here, hello, we're the duo behind this feminist podcast that looks at the wow and the how of living a life rooted in curiosity, community and liberation. If you've ever felt like something was missing or you were missing something, Wondermine is the podcast for you. And this is season three. Oh,
1: but first. (laughs) No. What are we reading? We start every single episode with what we're reading and we end with what we're eating. Larissa, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. So I am reading a book called
0: Thistlefoot. I think I was reading it a couple weeks ago too. I've been working huh. on it. It's a big, long book. Oh yeah. 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 Yes. I think we've yes. talked about this before. Maybe, yes. maybe we talked about this for our bonus episode. I can't remember. Anyway, if y'all have been listening, you may have heard of this book before. Um. So that's what I'm working on, but I have like this stack of books queued up. There's, like, the Louise Penny that came out last winter that I'm excited to read. And there's a couple other books I've been really looking forward to reading that um, are just queued up to go as soon as I finish this. So I'm hoping to finish it this weekend so I can, like, dive in and get, like, my cozy murder mystery on.
1: Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Um, I have a a couple of books queued up also, and I'm using... (laughs) I am trying a new habit of not putting every single book that I hear of on hold, the library, which backfires on me. Because they all come in at the same time, right? What the hell? They all come in at the same time. Yeah, like so this my problem. well for a while. What happened? I don't know what happened. I think a bunch came out at the same time that I wanted or something. I'm not sure what happened, but that was well, not then, working for me. And then sometimes one will they'll like you'll get the one like Thistlefoot came in. I was like, oh cool, a book.
0: Yes. And now it's, but it's really long. And yes. so like then the other ones have been trickling in over the last yes. week. And I I'm like looking at how long I have before I have to return them all and yeah. I'm like I gotta read faster
1: yeah. yeah that's exactly right because I had um oh Demon Copperhead Barbara Kingsolver's mm. book mm-hmm. come which is so freaking long oh but I got but longer because I got it in large print somehow. <laughs> OMG it's fabulous anyway it's done but it is massive Massive regularly, massive and large print. And then I got finally Age of Vice, which is what I'm excited oh. to mention today. So it's Deepti Kapoor, I believe is how I say her name. She is a writer who I believe, she lives in Europe right now, but she was worked as a journalist in India for many years. It is also a massive freaking book, my God. And you get right into it, which is like one of my very, very favorite ways that books yeah. start. So I love a book that gets me right into the heat of the action. Like I'm in the driver's seat or I'm Mm. driving, you know, whatever, going somewhere or I'm right in the middle of it. And so this is like one of these saga like books. There's a massive family involved and it's fascinating and wonderful. It's India in the early 2000s and it's really Mm. great. It's not, there's not a piece that's frustrating me. So I was in a fiction sort of desert for a while and this is um, got me out of the desert. So really loving it. That's amazing. I love that when that happens. Blah, blah, blah. I love it when that happens. <laughs> highly recommend. Highly recommend. I'm 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 about three quarters of the way through it. Uh-huh. So I can say that I definitely I mean, I highly recommend it from day one, mm-hmm. but I still continue to be um really enthralled with it.
0: I will add it to my to be read
1: list. Do it. It's good
0: stuff. Awesome. So like I said earlier today, we are closing actually season three. Yes. of Wondermine. And we are closing out with an episode on the idea of plenty and enough. Mm. Um, as you all know, this is our last season and this is our last episode. So this topic feels very apt. Um, one of the questions that we asked each other a long time ago, Elizabeth, I feel like this was one of our earlier walks where we were maybe like, yeah, we were working on season one
1: ideas. Something it like was that. a long time ago. So it probably was- like two-ish years is my guess.
0: Yeah. And like, so we've been thinking about this for a long time. How do you know when you have plenty and how much is enough? And we couldn't figure out where it fit in anywhere else
1: until now. Until this very moment, not that long ago. Um, So we're going to use plenty and enough sort of interchangeably to mean the same thing. One word may resonate with you over the other. So hold that word close. So if like you're a plenty person, hold on to plenty. If enough resonates more with you, hold on to that for the next 30, 40 minutes while we talk about this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like one of those words will resonate more than the other. I feel like for me enough is one of those, but plenty, plenty has slightly different connotations for me. So yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. So when I started thinking about this topic, I couldn't get away from how my childhood impacted my thinking about what enough looks like. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that was similar for you, Larissa, or where did you go first when you thought about this plenty and enough idea?
0: So funny, because I think when we were talking about it, it was something completely different. But as I sat down
1: uh-huh. to prep this episode, i yes. um,
0: I, what jumped into my mind immediately was the story that my dad likes to tell about my childhood. And I swear I have heard the story about 700 times in my
1: life. Mm, Um, (laughs) So plenty, so plenty, enough, actually probably enough times, probably enough. (laughs) And
0: and it goes kind of like this one time, one of the neighborhood kids was walking past our basement window. You could like our basement uh, at my mom's house looks out on this park. So like people just walk past it all the time Um, and looked inside. We had, it was like, it was an unfinished basement and it was one of, it was like our playroom. So it was full of toys and stuff. And, uh, and they said, wow, it looks like a toy store in there. And (laughs) I'm not sure actually what he's aiming for when he tells a story, like, is it about how spoiled my brother and I were mm. or how much my mom liked collecting toys for us or gathering things like that, or how different, uh, my childhood was from his own upbringing, which did not involve a toy store in the basement. Um, <laughs> but that's, I mean, this is the story that I think about when you mentioned plenty, plenty and enough, like I had mm. plenty of stuff growing mm-hmm. up. It mm-hmm. did not lack for material safety, did not lack for food. Even if sometimes it was kind of like, there's not a whole lot of abundance of different varieties of food. There's still plenty. Yeah. There wasn't, yes. there was no lack. Um, right. And when I think about that though, I'm like, but that's really different from having a sense of being enough or mm-hmm. having enough mm-hmm. emotional support. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. As an adult, I've been sitting
1: with that question a lot. Yeah. So tell me yeah. about your childhood, Elizabeth. Well, that's a whole thing, isn't it, right? Like I didn't lack for material support or food, like basic needs were met, but that's really different from having a sense of being enough or having enough, being mm-hmm. enough or having enough um, in the emo- an emotional support sort of the end of it. So in my home, there was plenty of dysfunction. So two young parents, very, way too young, too little mm-hmm. support. Um, not enough of anything, and that definitely included food. Although I don't, I, I, I say that, but I want to always be qualified. Like no one was, no one was starving. We were not on food stamps. I wouldn't say there was food insecurity, even though that wouldn't have been a time that you would have used, that wouldn't have been a phrase you would have used at that point. It's yeah. just the feeling of there not quite being enough for all of us to feel content or satiated or having like those, like those needs met. Um, so for me, that kind of led to some scarcity mindset thinking around food, one offset. Uh, of that for sure. Um, and definitely like, I feel you on the emotional, um, support piece, like being enough and having enough, but I definitely food is one of those areas where I definitely struggle with plenty and enough. Mm.
0: That is so interesting. So like I'm just trying to make this a little concrete in my head. So like when you say that, that no one was starving and, but there wasn't enough for you to feel content or satiated. That's kind of like, there's no leftovers after dinner. You might run out of like the thing that you like the most because your brother
1: ate all of it or ate the last bite of it or whatever. It's not kind of like, that is exactly enough it that is yeah. exactly it yes yeah. once yeah. there's le- once dinner's done there's generally not leftovers from dinner yep mm-hmm. there are there the it, the thing was sometimes eaten by someone else in my family and actually i would go on to do this thing where once i started bringing in my own little money i would buy my little pint of ben and jerry's and i'd put it in the freezer and i would write liz on it <laughs> with a sticky or a sharpie and be like don't touch this it is mine yeah. um so yes i don't do that anymore happily right happily i do not do that any longer so so, what
0: does that look like for you now? Like, yeah. how does that sense of scarcity around food show up yeah.
1: now for you? Yeah, but I think it's sort of like two ways. I need to remind myself that there's more if I want it or if I need it, mm-hmm. right? So like, there's more. I can get more. Monuts always makes the apple cider donuts, even though, fun fact, early on, they discontinued them for a little while. And then we're like, what? And we were like one of those first apple cider donut people to kind of be <laughs> very loud about this. And then they brought them back. So every day there are apple cider donuts at Monats unless they run out, but they'll have more tomorrow. Um, but also like divesting and diet culture type stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if I want one now, that's totally fine. Okay. It's totally fine. It's okay. And I can have another one tomorrow if I want. Mm-hmm. If I don't want one, that's fine. I can access that at another mm-hmm. time. Like I can do that. I have resources. Like I have gas in my car to drive to Monats or or whatever the thing is. We, I have the extra just let's say to get a couple of donuts, you know, so I have that I have those things there for me. So food is one place the plenty and enough sort of scarcity mindset kind of thing. Flip flop goes with me. Um, I wonder about you like what what is what about you with plenty and enough, like what feels like a little piece that you need to that you struggle with.
0: Um, I want to go back to your, to your diet culture comment for just a second, because I want to really, really highlight that because I feel like this is really, really, really important to folks who are, um, newer to unraveling diet culture in their lives that like the idea sure. of plenty and enough is really, really important because what like, I'm not a dietitian and I'm also not a, an, a, a specialist in disordered eating, but <laughs> But that and question of plenty enough comes up so often when we have disordered eating patterns, because like, like for me, I will say like in my own, in my own food history, there was a time of deep scarcity where I could not afford a lot of food. And that led to an absolute pattern of disordered eating. And so I would always overeat to compensate every time that I was like visiting family and could actually have enough Mm -hmm. food. I would have Mm -hmm. more than enough food. And Mm -hmm. so like this shows up. Yeah. It's everywhere and it's really hard to unravel it. So just like wanted yeah. to highlight that, that like, when we get to the point of really divesting from diet culture and being able to say, I can have that again tomorrow, or I can yeah. have it today if I want to, and I can have it today yes. if I want to, and I can have it again tomorrow if I need to yeah. or want to, like it's or want to. like being able to get to that place of food is so, so healthy and important.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and I would yeah. just to, just to kind of like, also just sort of to be clear, like this is something I work on on a daily meal (laughs) by meal snack by snack basis so this is nothing (laughs) this is this is newer for me as of pandemic um and it's absolutely something that is I'll I think I'll work on for the rest of my life which is like anything else like for whatever this is how one deals with like impact of trauma like you just work on it for the rest of your life it is never complete over or like healed into its own little box whatever
0: well, and this is how, and this is how we walk through a culture that's constantly telling us that we need to be monitoring how many donuts we're eating all the time. Sure, yes, <laughs> whether yeah. or not right, we right, have actual right. health concerns that re- that that require that that yeah. level of monitoring. So, yes. you know, like it's yeah. not just trauma; it's our culture.
1: Yes, and we can and
0: even th- say, "Is our culture trauma?"
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. Well, and that's the other piece, right? So like, if you think of the, the the trauma that you're constantly sort of dealing with, or kind of the ramifications or the after effects of, you're also like living in a culture that says, get over it. What's past yeah. is past and don't cry over spilt milk. Yeah. So it's the same sort of parallel. Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. Okay. I'll so put, what I'm about gonna bring you? I'm going to bring it back to like a
0: less serious, plenty enough. Yeah. Dilemma. I want to hear
1: this. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: yep. So, so
0: my plenty enough problem has been a truly a lifelong problem. It's bras. Okay. That's my struggle. I don't have enough bras that I absolutely love that are like wear them every day bras. Um, I have a lot that are okay. I have a lot that are good enough. I'm wearing one right now. I have a sports bra and it's good enough. It's good enough. It's fine. I don't hate it. I mostly feel like I'm tolerating them. Oh, um, You know, and that's, that's, it's a very frustrating, plenty enough problem. Like I would like to be able to look in my drawer and pick out a bra, the way that I can pick out the shorts that I love or the shirts that I love. I have a lot of clothes. I love the way they feel in my body and bras are not
1: it. <laughs> Has Virginia, she's done a thing. Virginia Sol Smith done something on like gene science. Has she, she done do something bra on bras? Science.
0: I think she did. Okay. And cause I, think- I feel like
1: that was before jeans. It's somehow sticking out in my mind. <sighs> I it's don't know what
0: happened tricky, anyway, though, just because there. yeah, like, let's just make this, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It's like, do I want say this or not? I have a weird, not a weird. I have a difficult to fit body type where mm-hmm. my band is relatively small compared to my cup size. And mm-hmm. so that's tricky, but I'm also not, I'm also not thin. And so a lot of bras that are built for that kind of proportionate prop proportion situation are built for yeah. people who are thinner builds.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, so it's really hard and I hate underwires, which is also another problem. Oh, yeah. Like I'm, uh, I'm too Anti. old for that. <laughs> sure, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway. Okay. Now. So I can rant about okay. crawls all day. I'm going to stop. Um, yep. the more serious, plenty enough struggle for me is time. And mm-hmm. I think this is something that most people couldn't, uh, that resonates with most people in this culture is Mm -hmm. feeling like you have Mm -hmm. enough time for all the things you want to do for all the people you want to see all the work that you want to create or all the creative projects that you want to engage in. If that's your thing, like if you want to knit, uh, whatever, that kind of stuff. Um, I tend to do a lot of revenge bedtime procrastination where I'll sit up (laughs) on my phone doing nothing important at 11 o'clock at night. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and then, and then I spend, you know, time thinking about how that activity in itself gets in the way of feeling the kind of capaciousness of time. Like if I'm sure. doing this late at night, am I wrecking my morning? Could I be going to bed earlier and then getting up in the morning and having like these nice, quiet, productive hours? Uh, yeah. I think it's also, you know, for me in particular, some of this is about like, what are the hours of the day when my brain is like on and sharp and ready to yeah. go, Um, we record this podcast at 1230 in the afternoon. A lot of the time, this is one of my best times of day. Most days of the week, I am actively managing kids (laughs) during this time of day, instead of doing intellectual work. And that is really, really difficult. Um, so that's, those are my plenty enough struggles.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think the time piece is super interesting. I mean, I definitely, there was something that was kind of coming up, like could, someone at my writing group, can we switch to a later time? And it was like, I, y'all can, but I definitely can't show up and do much from seven to eight thirty, nine, 9.30. I mean, I go to bed early. Like I can't, I just, my brain is completely done at that point. I've been yeah. up for a long time. It just doesn't work for me. So I totally get that piece about like when, it, when my brain functions are the times that I need to be doing the work. But I say that and my child is in school full time. So she goes to school at quarter after eight, picks up eight, three thirty, three forty-five, 30, three whatever it is, you know, so that's different. That's very different. You know, I, you know, I think there's still moments, especially like, you know, when things feel, um, like when there's a lot of birthdays or holidays or mm-hmm. there's a big school vacation, you know, where I don't feel like I have enough time. Mm-hmm. But overall, I don't feel that way as much as I used to. Yeah. And I'm trying to do something super different this year in like every possible way. And like my board of the year that I keep coming back to is transform. So I'm really trying to do things differently, which for me means, you know, saying no more or saying that's not a thing for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, or what's my enough? Like how much enough am I working with right now? Which helps me with a time thing yeah so those are kind of like my little pieces that 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 when I think about time I think about how that how that how that shows up with someone like me who's kiddo is in school full-time and also like what does it mean to work with different hours of the day and fill that space
0: yeah I love that I love that saying no like that's that's magical people I am still not as good at it as Elizabeth is, but I'm learning. Yeah, like let's,
1: yeah, (laughs) no, no. Someone actually, it's super interesting. There was this piece around someone who was like, I was looking for some extra paint, just a little bit of paint for a little project. And, um, someone, I posted up my neighborhood listserv and someone responded and said, here's this. And I totally dropped the ball. I, I was supposed to go see her last weekend and pick it up. And, and the problem was that the time was so open-ended. It was, I, I didn't have anything on my calendar. Like uh-huh. I didn't have anywhere to slot it. Uh-huh. Um, and so I didn't do that. And that's very unusual for me to have a, something be open and like, just call before you come over. It's a totally mm-hmm. different way for me to respond to something. So I forgot, mm-hmm. totally slipped my mind. And then she, I was like, oh, and I can't do it during the week. Um, so, but thank you so much for the offer. And then she said, mm-hmm. you don't have any time during the week. And I was like, I so wanted." took everything that I had to not reply back and be like, <laughs> can I tell you about the two meal trains I've got and the neighbor coming over for dinner and the drop off of food at the hospital for someone mm-hmm. who now has cancer and this and this and mm-hmm. a child pick up and drop off and making lunches and going to work two days. I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it because I was so close. I'm like, mm, not every everyone has, some people have like a lot more space in their days. And I was mm-hmm. like, unfortunately I can't, but thank you. And that's mm-hmm. just how I left it. And I was like, but I totally wanted to get into it because I was like, there's just not, I can't, I'm not going to add one more thing in. And I'm sorry that I let you down. I'm sorry. I'm going to miss out on your paint, you know, but no. Yeah. Like uh, if I were I'm just, I'm just stunned that somebody would even ask that. I was surprised too, but (laughs) I tend to chalk it up to someone who does not have children and is older. And I actually mm. don't know the story of this woman at all. So that could be totally mm. incorrect, but yeah. And also, but like, you could
0: could just leave it out on her porch and be like, come by and it'll be out there for a week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I get it. You don't have time. Um, I'll put it out for the weekend and hopefully you'll be able to pick it up then. And if you can't, just let me know. Anyway, she could have been burned a bunch on like buy nothing groups.
1: Sometimes it happens. Totally. Um, Totally. Okay. So tell me about like, what else? Uh, Work. Yeah. Work is a big one. That Mm -hmm. is a piece where it's plenty of enough. Have I done enough today? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, have I done enough? Mm -hmm. Interestingly, (laughs) I don't feel that way about parenting. I know I have done a stack every single goddamn day of my life since the kid was born. And before. Hey, before, because right? you were reading parenting books and you were doing like yeah prenatal, and going to pre-natal yoga. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was doing all that. And a chiropractic, I've been, I am never thinking that. And that's a huge privilege that I have. I only have one child. Um, I do not work full time for someone else outside the home, have an hour commute, have to deal with billable hours, travel, blah, blah, blah. I don't have to deal with any of that. Intentionally so. An intentional choice to not have that be my life, basically. But I do never, I never feel that way about parenting. I, I mean, know, i done everything. I've done a ton. Yeah, sorry. Did you That's it? No, just done a <laughs> ton. Like, I know I've done enough, which is plenty. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I
0: think there are very few parents who would not say that parenting, ex- who would not say, yes, that parenting expands to fill all available gaps in, in the day. If you're, you know, like, any gaps you've got, you can be busy doing parent-related, parenting-related things. yes. Yes. And, and, and it, it may not look like, it may not look like getting, like, my kids are older. It doesn't look like playing with my kids. It looks like filling out forms, a lot of forms, so many forms.
1: I want, like, all the, like, the expletives to go in there. Like, just, like... <laughs> shit yeah oh, was a damn you know all the <laughs> gonna have to all, put a little e on this episode all <laughs> the exp this is not the clean episode all the <laughs> expletives right here all the goddamn forms all the time all the sign-up geniuses all the meal trains all the coordination all the forms all the like
0: all for me it's always and, the, like where are my kids gonna be so that i can make this appointment for myself and yeah. when like can i make this happen you know like the dentist. Yeah. I need to go to the dentist. I need to go to the optometrist. These are things that I have to do during the days when I have my kids all day long with me. Like, how do I fit yeah. all those in?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's mm-hmm. a very good point. Yep. And so there's the forms and the admin and mm-hmm. there's the emotional labor. Even if your kid doesn't need you to play with them, we talk so about much this so emotional much, mm-hmm. so much more. It's, it's like. It doesn't go. I, I think I was such a I don't want to say stupid, but like such a naive parent. Like mm-hmm. I imagined it would get less. Mm-hmm. It does not. Mm-hmm. I, and, and, and so far, like my child will be, uh, you know, she's in middle school, you yeah. know, but I, I imagine there would be less and there is not. There is the same amount, if not more, because the opportunities sometimes are a little bit less because we are not spending the chunks of time together that we had at one point. Yes. But that's fascinating to me. And I will say, I'm so grateful for it because I did not have the same relationship with my own mother. So I'm mm-hmm. very grateful that she turns to me and says, someone said this to me and I didn't understand what they meant mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's still, it is still emotional labor. And I, we, we can't, um, we can't highlight that enough, I don't think. No,
0: I don't, I don't think we can highlight that enough at all. Like it's yeah. constant emotional labor. It is yeah. constant, like of monitoring your kids' emotional well being, yes, yes, health, and all yeah. of that stuff, and 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 just like being attuned to there's something that's going on, and I need to check yes. in with them, and especially yes. and as, as my kids get old, older, it's also doing a lot of emotional labor for myself as I yes. help them navigate things that I yes. didn't necessarily have help navigating or that weren't a thing that we talked about openly in the eighties, like sexuality and gender, Yes, like having to do the emotional labor of keeping my nervous system, just like chilled out while we're having really difficult conversations where we're talking about, like, I had a car, car rides are my favorite emotional labor time. Um, (laughs) or or like let's have an educational conversation around Mm. the hiv aids epidemic of the 80s and 90s dear god yeah (laughs) like because that's what i really want to do is like remember everything about what it was like to grow up afraid to have sex yeah or being scared into like if you do this then this will happen and you will die yes right Yes. Uh-huh. There's a,
1: what was the one, oh, I know you've listened to you. Yeah. Because you put it in your newsletter, the piece with <laughs> Michael and Aubrey, like recent one on sugar and, my, oh. and sugar being as addictive as cocaine yes. as street drugs, street drugs. Yes. And, Mike's, and Michael's like, I was, I, because of the deer program, I thought I'd be offered cocaine all the time yeah, and I, right? I wasn't cool enough. And I'm like, me too, Michael. I, I, I thought I was gonna be offered cocaine and pot all the time. And I guess same I was absolutely not cool enough I I just wasn't I mean but it's like this thing that you're like everywhere look someone's gonna be offering me drug and they're right? gonna be street drugs and mm-hmm. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get hooked and I'm not minim- I have I, I have multiple people in my world who are suffering from addiction and or in recovery and or actively trying to you know change things for themselves so I am not mocking or in any way you know belittling pieces around addiction or alcoholism i have first in experience happy to talk offline and this is just not a tactic that that worked in any way in terms of like having people understand or prevent them from using drugs just like just say no right so it's right. just say no stuff you know mm-hmm. but wow yeah so just like abstinence
0: education or just like or like the, you know the whole everything i mean yeah. oh, we it was it, it just nope. there's so much labor
1: involved so much
0: labor. So much labor. In, in, We can talk about this
1: for a long time. Yes, we could. So let's move. Let's go back. Okay. Talk about I will work. add a bit about work. Yeah. I'm going to say a little bit about work. So work is this piece where there's a plenty and enough sort of thing. I just don't necessarily, every day I'm like, have I done enough? And, mm-hmm. and this has been true since I stopped working full time for someone else. Right. Mm-hmm. So I could, can, when that point, I could always count on there being like, You know, at the end of the day, I could leave for the Mm -hmm. most part, even if I took pager shifts or whatever, I was still not like in the office, Mm -hmm. you know, but there's always more work to do, right? You just said uh, parenting can fill the hours that we have. So there's Mm -hmm. always more work to do, you know, but this is sort of a little bit like of like the 10,000 hours sort of Oliver Berkman stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. which is like another reminder to me that at the end of the day, the work that I've done is probably enough, Mm -hmm. even if I don't feel that way, or I feel like unsatisfied with how much I checked off on my list, Mm -hmm. it's probably enough. And that is a piece that I'll still continue to work on. No pun intended for the rest of my life is my guess.
0: Um, Yeah. I, I think it's really important to recognize and like highlight how our culture contributes to that feeling that, that it's not enough, even though it has, it is actually likely enough. Like there's always something else we can always Wait, we can never produce or do enough right for the culture
1: yep thanks capitalism that's right mm-hmm. yep shows mm-hmm. up all the time I want to circle back to this piece because I think it's I want to also like underscore and sort of say yes me too to the piece around like emotional support in childhood yeah you know I was an only child once for like 15 months where I was Mm -hmm. an only child you know I love my siblings very much and I enjoy being with them and you know miss my sisters on a regular basis but I swear to god I remember when I was an only child and I remember really liking it a lot like Mm -hmm. having me be the center of attention Mm -hmm. and you know I whatever I was 15 when my sister Sarah was born so I don't think this is real like it's but then there could be these memories that you have that you don't have language for because you weren't able to talk during that time but it feels real you know, but af- yes. afterwards, you know, I always have sort of struggled or I struggled with like that idea because I was told it that I wanted too much or that I needed too much or that I was too much. Mm-hmm. So I was told this on a regular basis and that sunk in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sunk, in. sunk in, sunk in, sunk in. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, you know. I can't even imagine, like, a message like that being, like, for my daughter, even though she's, so, she's like a talker, like, she's very extroverted, and she does all this, and, you know, talks, and just, like, she talks, she just talks,
0: you know, it's not too much, like, yeah, right, <laughs> what,
1: yeah, but it's still, I can't even imagine ever being, like, you're too much, and I, it's, it's too much, like, that seems like such a breaker of spirits, um, mm-hmm. and, yeah, it kind of was, kind of was.
0: Um, you know, I can relate to that so hard <laughs> as the talker child
1: mm. who
0: was often silenced. Like, this yep. is not the time to talk. You may not talk yep. now. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. Or just like not having people to talk to. Um, Like, I... I'm going to, I'm going to throw us off on a tangent here for just a second. I swear I'll come back on topic, but it's been one of those things where I've been um, learning more and more about ADHD lately. And it's, this is very characteristic that like you talk, you are a lot for a lot of people. Um, And it's just because that's how my brain works. And it's taken Mm -hmm. a lot of unlearning that that is like a problem. That it's not yes. actually a problem to be that, to be the talky person who has lots of ideas, who wants to talk about all of them all the time. Yeah. Um, learning how to receive people's limits and capacity for that is, is different from silencing myself, mm. you know, Mm-hmm. um, Mhm. And we can talk about that a little bit when we jump into talking about our right people, but like, there's this meme that I love that's been going around for a long time. And it comes up in lots of different forms with lots of different graphics behind it. But basically it's, if I'm too much to you, too much for you, then go choose less. Mm -hmm. Like you don't, like, (laughs) I am not too much for my right people. No. And I am not, and I am not too much for
1: me (laughs) either. Right. You know, that's a nice, that's a, that's a nice, um, that's a nice point, right? I like that you're not we too much forget. for you. We forget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's not too much. I'm not mm-hmm. too much for me. And I my course for years has been, you're never too much for your right people. They can never. handle it. Yeah. They can handle it. And if they can't handle it, we trust them to tell us they cannot. Mm-hmm. Because that, that's what we have. So key. So, so key. key. Yeah. So key. Um. Yeah. So do you want to, I just, just, um, I, 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 <laughs> We want me to talk about right people, oh, Elizabeth? I do. Just like, I'm like, well, do we? But you know what? Yes, we do. Because we are always talking about right people. And you never know when someone's going to bust into your podcast on one of those final episodes. Be like, her. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But let's, oh. let's shout it out. Let's shout it out. Because we can't ever hear it too much anyway. So there we go. I'll shout it out. And I'll shout it out with like an example.
0: Like nice. sometimes you have, like there are right people in your life for whom you can be too much. And so sometimes you have to say, I know that, whatever, or you maybe have right people in your life who can be overwhelming for you for whatever trauma response reason, for whatever yeah, reason, whatever it is, guess what you get to just be like, I And you don't necessarily have to say this out loud to them. You can set a boundary without saying like, you're too much for me. I can only hang out with you once a month. You just make plans with them once a month instead of, or once every six months, instead of like every day. Yes. It's simple. We talked about this in the friendship episode quite a bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, that that you can set these boundaries and have your people be in your life in ways that feel comfortable and doable for you. Yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So, but who are our right people? Our right people are those golden friends, our chosen family. That's like I love to use these terms a little interchangeably yes. sometimes for people yes. who know the term chosen family. Yeah, um, they're those friends who give as much as they get, invest time in the relationship champion your success. They are healthy and safe for you and can be trusted with your vulnerable self. Mm-hmm. Those are our right people.
1: Those are our right people. They're out there for all of us. Yes. Um, I want to, yeah, sorry. I'm stealing your words. I just wanted to pause this for like a super brief um testimonial. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, love, loved the friendships podcast episode that's our most recent one i was just talking to another friend about friend guilt quote unquote and really mm. loved in the beginning reiterating that one person isn't all the things the best friend quote unquote rivalry slash jealousy at our age feels so silly but it shows up in so many ways hmm. mm. thank you anonymous appreciate that feedback and so grateful for you for listening
0: Wow. Uh, those kind words and reviews help people find us so consider giving one to us
1: if you please um, I feel like right people are a good place to start considering what plenty and enough looks like the discourse around everything feels like what's, it, it feels to me as like more is better, Yeah, but I know I feel differently. Um, what are you thinking, Larissa?
0: So, um, you know, I like to collect friends like the Pokemon, um, Such a good <laughs> I, really, I realized that that, well, I think it's a good visual. It's a good visual. Hopefully that reference will hit with a bunch of y'all. Um, like I think that you and I, Elizabeth, have different sizes of inner circles. Um, And so I want to say to anyone else who is like me, who is a kind of Pokemon collector kind of friend, that that is totally fine. And again, I'll say that that goes back to the whole, like, how much capacity do I have to be present in a good friend way to how many people? And can I, you know, like maybe this one person I can show up for more sporadically, more periodically, episodically than weekly. And that's okay like because again we can't be everything to everyone um and 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 so back to my pokemon metaphor (laughs) part of the reason that i love this is i love having lots of different people to connect with um maybe this is like the way my brain works maybe it's just that i really like different people and i really enjoy that variety of inputs and that thoughts and personalities Um, but i also have a lot of ridiculous number of interests honestly. And so I have different friends for different interests, for different kinds of occasions, for different kinds of things that I want to do. What all of them have in common is that they're relationships that center common values, reciprocity, mostly clear communication, even though we all mess up sometimes, there's no perfect communicator out there, um, and a commitment to maintaining that connection. So investing Mm -hmm. the time in the relationship. Um, and at the same time, you know, like I'm a Pokemon collector, but I, my Pokeball is full. <laughs> I, I am at capacity for new friendships right now, which doesn't mean I'm not open to meeting and connecting with new people. I'm just probably not going to be, you know, bringing them in, in like a deep, intimate way right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. want to make sure that I'm spending time being a good friend to the people that I am connected with already.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have been thinking a lot about this. Um, and I feel like I am at, at that kind of capacity too. I'm realizing I have more people in my community that I wouldn't call friend friends. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know this. We've talked about you and I've talked about this before yeah. about this idea of, and actually Tressie. McMillan Cottom had said something about like needing a different, needing some different language. Like they're not acquaintances. Mm -hmm. They're not friends or right people. They're not Facebook friends. They're somewhere in the middle of all of these. It's some sort of word. I don't know what it is, but they're people that I keep track of people that I care about. Um, and I think I have a lot of people in those circles, maybe more than you, because I think you have more friend friends Mm -hmm. and maybe than I do. Mm -hmm. Um, but what is help? What I'm realizing is that like I like those, those friend-friend sort of relationships. And that number works for me because it's the same sort of idea. There are people that I can keep track of. There are people that I can feel connected to. Yeah. Um, there are people who with whom there is some shared values. I will say that I think a common piece that I think that's not common with you and I when we're talking about category like characteristics here is like that commitment to maintaining the connection or va- maybe yeah. valuing, I think the commitment to maintaining mm-hmm. the connection is important, but maybe not valuing it as highly as I would.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think
1: that's sort of a thing, but mm-hmm. I've kind of come to the conclusion that some of those folks, I am there like in my friend, friend category, because they feel important to me, yeah. but they may not be as, feel as invested in the idea of friendship as another extension of like important relationship like we've talked about with Mia Birdsong, bird song and of course Dr. Franco with you know platonic as, as I do like it is a super important thing to for me and um yeah so that that's I think some pieces that are kind of like noting when you're talking about this
0: you're like I know that we are like we're just gonna this could be such a long episode already. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. I really feel like not, I need so to much more, not so much more I don't think I really need to say this though like This goes back to this thing that we were talking about a little bit earlier today where, uh, so Elizabeth and I were chatting before we started recording. And one of the things that we were talking about is how um, not everybody, like I put a, um, start that sentence again. I put a lot of value, um, importance, weight, significance on my friendships. Yeah, Um, They are as important to me as romantic relationships. Obviously Uh uh you do some things in romantic relationships that you don't always do with your friends. Um, but yeah, that like that level of vulnerability, intimacy, and, um, mutual respect, care, et cetera, is super important to me in Mm. all kinds of relationships. And I would say I do have a pretty large, uh, number of not quite friend friends but people that i am keeping tabs on those are the people i go for walks with every three six months you know mm-hmm. like it's not always mm-hmm. it's not always like we're meeting for dinner if like, oh, i haven't seen you in a week i need to see you that those so are my like friend not friend like pokemon friends, friends. yeah yeah um, yeah 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 or maybe those are like the <laughs> those are the pokemon that i don't want i don't want to rate people like i don't want to do that um yeah. like it's just it's like there are different different quantities of that but i, I do feel like it's important to say that like I would challenge our listeners to add a little more value and importance to those friendships because they really Mm -hmm. matter. And if we're feeling lonely, maybe it's not necessarily your romantic partner who needs to fix that for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I would say it's not your romantic partner needs to fix that. It's absolutely, no, it's really not. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's totally not. Like if you're, if you're feeling lonely and, and of course that's assuming that you're feeling lonely with a romantic partner. If if you have a a if you, you don't have a partner, a partner,
0: then you really need those friends, y'all. Those yeah. friends are your people. Those people are your romance. They're not your, they're like your life partners. They are the people who will walk with you through your, all yeah. of your changes, yeah. your events, everything. Yeah. And I, I, there's been a lot of stuff out lately about friendship and how important it is to our well being. But this is like, mm. there are basically three markers that you need for well being friends. Mm-hmm. Move your body a little every day. Mm-hmm. Eat vegetables. Drink mm-hmm. water. Like, mm-hmm. like, and it doesn't have to be that many vegetables. Drink water. Yeah. Hang yeah. out with people you like. Yeah,
1: yeah, yep. Okay. I think it's like it's yeah. No, There's but... nothing else I need to say. You you mm-hmm. totally said it. You absolutely said it. Um, I think what I. Maybe from here we can go into like how do we figure out plenty enough for us? Yeah, yeah. like what that is what great. are some tips that we can kind of like move people towards yeah. or get people to think be thinking about if this feels like something that's resonating with them.
0: So um, I think that sadly the the most important thing is figuring out what exactly you need and want. Yeah, um, and I think that's actually very hard for a lot of us because we have so many messages coming in from outside about what we should need and what yeah. we should want yeah. and what should yeah. be satisfying, what should be enough, what should be plenty. Yes. Um, so it's getting clear on what is right for you versus what is right for other people. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then if you can get a little, and, and and always, I'm always like, let's start small with this. Like, do I need to have caffeine in the morning? I do. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you don't. Yes. So then are you getting the thing you want in the morning? Uh, is it a cup of tea? Is it to stretch? Is it to drink water or whatever? Um, and then get clear on when we're thinking about plenty enough, like in general, broad categories of our lives, are our needs being met? And, mm. if, and some of the wants too. Mm-hmm. Like I have food and if I want a donut, I can have one. Mm. Um, and do I feel like I'm not lacking for something? If I'm feeling like there's a lack, then can I figure out what to do about that? Then there's probably plenty. If If generally my basic needs are met and some of my wants, then I'm in a plenty enough. Place. it doesn't mean yeah. that there can't be more or that the quality can't change or yes. you know like that it's not a changeable movable target yeah. yeah yeah it's yeah, like yeah. but basically i'm okay I'm t- yeah. there's a baseline here
1: yeah yeah i like the adding in there that it can change yeah
0: well our needs yeah. do change and i yeah. think the idea that they always stay the same is ridiculous mm-hmm.
1: yeah absolutely and what feels important to us, like the coffee thing that we start the day with, mm-hmm. um, may not be the same thing at six months. Maybe we choose something completely different and that still starts to work for us too. And Maybe coffee doesn't feel make like you feel
0: good. And then you try something else.
1: Yeah. Sorry. I was interrupting. That's okay. I'm thinking insane. Um, so one way I think is that we can practice this, right? So like we can figure like exactly like you're saying. So like, what is the thing? And mm-hmm. is there a way that we can practice this? And I think that this is always easier with our right people because pretty much everything is easier with our right people, yes. right? They help our, they help us stay focused on ourselves and what we need mm-hmm. instead of what like capitalism or the hustle or diet culture or, mm-hmm. you know, like or beauty culture, like any of these outside you know, systems of oppression are telling us that we should be doing or we should want, right? So our right people would be like, well, so what's that about? You Mm -hmm. know, is who are are you paying attention to there? Is this serving you? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Like they can help you tune into the feeling of being satisfied. Yeah. Or being full. Um, I was eating dinner last night with one of my right people. And I was like, am I done? And they were like, well, there's, Couple bites of your burger left. you feel like you want that? And I was like, I'll try them. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it was this really interesting moment where I was like, I couldn't quite, I'd have a hard day. So I wasn't right, like totally tuned into my body. But my right person could say, hey, why don't you try another bite? And if you don't want it, then you're done. And I was like, oh <laughs>
1: that's so helpful. I guess I can do that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I guess I can do that. Our right people can validate when we're hitting the point of satisfaction.
1: I think this also reminds me too, because it's been a, it's been a week, right? Larissa, like mm-hmm. we are just, when we're tired or we're depleted or we're not feeling well, or we're, you know, sick, or we have something that like a, an illness or something that's going on for us, like we are just less in that space to have capacity, or you always say spoons to, to be mm-hmm. able to deal with even the smallest choices. And so our right people can kind of shift, shift, shift perspective back onto us for those things. And that's yeah. super useful. It's such a good example. Oh, I'm glad that's helpful. <laughs> Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, I think this about our podcast too, right? Mm -hmm. It's our last, Mm -hmm. you know, you and I came to the conclusion that we've said as much as we need to in this space or feel compelled to. And in this format, like how, how did we get here? Like, what do you think went into some of your thinking around? Is this plenty? Is this enough? Is this, are we, are we done? How do we know? How did you know?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because I think you and I had haven't had been having a lot of conversations, um, as we were going into this season of recording, uh, in like having nothing to do with the podcast, but about how burnt out I was. Yeah. And um, and you kept saying, You're really burnt out. Can you do less? Yeah. And I kept going, no, I can do more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that sounds familiar, vaguely
0: people who know me really well know that this is my tendency is to just like keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. And, um, and you know, you kept asking me, can you do less here? Can you do less there? And I kept taking things away and taking things away and taking things away outside of the podcast until I was able to sit with, I am really burnt out. I am really overwhelmed. I am really tired. I've been doing the most for the last couple of years and I need to stop." And so when you said to me, so maybe we're done, with the podcast, yeah. I was like, for a second, I paused. I was like, mm-hmm. are we? Yes. <laughs> I think so. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, I think this isn't just, I mean, if there's... Uh, <laughs> People are hanging in here with us, right, because they are patient with our uh, and are talking about our constant talking about right people. Um, But this is just another piece where like this is such a shining example of what it means to be like with one of your right people. Like Mm -hmm. it would be I it would be so hard for, my, number one, I would never do such a, do, do this endeavor with anyone except you, Larissa. Like, there's just no way I would do this with anyone except you. Yeah. I can't see myself starting this, doing this with someone else. I just can't. But num- because you are one of my right people. But number two is like, gosh, can you, that is a hard thing to be able to say to someone in theory, mm-hmm. but with your right people, you're kind of like, you know what? She's not going to, is interesting. Like my first thing is just, she's not gonna hit me. Um, she's not gonna turn Oh, Elizabeth. Ah, <laughs> we gotta unpack that hate. later. <laughs> she's not gonna, she's not gonna yell at me. Mm-mm. She is not going to walk away from me, you know. She's not going to think I'm not working hard enough. She's not going to berate me in some way or whatever. Like, she's just gonna take it in. And so for but before I mentioned this to you, I was kind of like, How is Larissa gonna take this? And I'm like. She's gonna take it fine, and she did, and you did, and it was like really like it was a pause of like a couple of seconds, and then you kind of gave me your thoughts, and I think that this this is just sort of another piece of like what it means to kind of talk about hard things with your right people, and when you bring up something that's like plenty or enough, and Mm -hmm. how they kind of help you sort through it, and or they're in it with you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah. Can I can I throw
0: a a thing in there? Yeah. So. I think that you know it hadn't occurred to me that this could be one of the things that I stopped doing when yes. that's what the pause was. It sure. was like I can do okay yep. um and and I think it's really um I think it's really important to note that like in a lot of other situations when presented with something I wasn't necessarily expecting that that like I've worked really hard on getting that pause. <laughs>
1: Yeah, And not oh, immediately
0: yeah. going into like a, either a people pleasing response or a freeze. And like yes. those things, like that's, that's what the beauty of right people is, is that you feel yes. safe enough to like, let yourself process before you yeah. start responding. Yeah. Um, and I, and, and like, yeah,
1: I think that's all I want to say. Cause I feel like you've got more yeah. to say that is really good. And I want people to yeah. hear it. I think sometimes with stuff like this, I also like try to trick myself into quitting things because, mm-hmm. you know, the nor- the normative sort of line is to don't, don't give up, to keep mm-hmm. hustling, to keep going. It's this capitalized, capital-based message that's mm-hmm. just sort of like to continue to keep working. You always have more to do. And there's piece for me too around like this entitled kind of like white woman privilege like you should you should be hearing from me and my thoughts on this thing you know um but it's it feels important for me too to like make space for other people so I say trick because it's kind of going against what I've been trained to do Mm -hmm. which is like to produce to show up to do the labor you know to give it away to do to to put it out there to the world
0: yeah and it's not like I think that by saying that um I don't want to discount that people should be hearing from you on this because I think people should be hearing from you on this.
1: Well, I think it just like it's the thing. I, yeah. Well, let me just say thank you to that. Um, and yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I, I think that's good. I'll say thank you, thank you. Welcome,
0: and thank you for like
1: realizing that I was not gonna hit you, Elizabeth. I don't hit people, but. <laughs> I think it's honestly, it's like the, the, someone's going to be angry and they're right. going to lash out right? in a the way that's like that's, mm-hmm. that's violent or unpredictable or scary. Mm-hmm. And that's like,
0: that goes right back to like talking about trauma right there. Yes. Like, yeah. 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 What are the yep. things we think? Um, okay. Back to, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to bring it back. I can do this. Bring it back. <laughs> bring us back. Yeah. Yes. So what we've been trained to do is produce. What we've been trained to do is expect certain responses from other people. What we've been trained to do is to like, uh, think we have to keep being the same forever. Yes. And we don't. Right. And we don't have to keep going with things if we're tired or let's say we want to do other things. Let's say there are things that we want to do that are not, you know, editing podcasts.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, so I think also about titration right? Mm-hmm. When I think about like ways that we can incorporate this in our life and try to figure it out, right? I think like, what's the one place I can start? You know, you mentioned like starting like it's the coffee or whatever your way is. How are you starting? How are you starting your day? What mm-hmm. about breakfast? What do I need to do, right? Larissa, to feel nourished and fed and, you know, cared for and like I'm starting my day in, in, in the way that I want to. Then mm-hmm. we build off of that. You know, I don't know if that's a good example for everyone, but since I tend to deal with like scarcity thinking and also... Yeah love to eat, it's important for me to think about getting my needs met at breakfast or like beginning of the day. What do you think? Uh I agree. Okay.
0: I I don't struggle. I I don't struggle with scarcity in the same way, but I do struggle with nourishing myself appropriately. And um by appropriately, I just mean like literally I have tried living on potato chips. It doesn't work. <laughs> like Yikes. it, does, it yeah. doesn't work y'all. No. It's not enough food. Yeah. Um, and it's not the right food. So like for me, it is like, what do I need to, what are the routines I need to have in place to feel nourished every day so that I don't yeah. have to think too hard about it because thinking too hard about it is the hard thing for me. Yeah. Um, what yeah. is like plenty and enough? Like, do I feel basically secure and safe? Yeah in myself, in my home. Yep. Most of the time there's never yep. an all the time yep. in my relationships. So I basically feel like I am with people who are secure places for me to be with. Yes. Not everybody in your community is going to be that. And we know that, but like, do I have enough of those people? Do I have plenty mm-hmm. of those people in my life that when I have a hard day, I know there are places I can go. There are people I can turn to.
1: I want to share um, something that came up when I put out the question on our social media, like, how do you know when you've had enough? Mm. One person said, when I've stopped caring. Oh, that's so good. Bang, right? That's good. And that's such a huge clue. It's Mm -hmm. such a huge clue. And I'm going to be honest and also, you know, say that that was an indicator to me that I was done here with Mm Wondermind. I love working with you. I love bringing um, content to people. I love creating conversations and I love learning from people, you, each other ideas Mm -hmm. that we have out there in the ether, but I can't stand the marketing of it. Right. And I, and I didn't used to mind it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I did, I didn't, I didn't as early as earlier this year, I was like, I'm okay with this. We're just going to do it again. And then I'm like, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm done.
0: Yeah. And I literally, neither one of us do. No, yeah. I can't do it. Yes. <laughs> I physically no. get I, I physically get
1: frozen yeah. when I start working no, on marketing. I stuff. don't want to do it. I don't yeah. want to do it. And I also yeah. just like if it, if there was a way to just like You know, like a long time ago when I had a newsletter, right, in the early 2000s, and that's the way that you put you people had things in their blog, and we went through the RSS feeder. And Mm -hmm. that was the only way there was a little bit of Facebook, but like a lot of people just got their email newsletters and read it. And if there was a something similar, like if we were at a different point, it'd be like solid, you know, but right now. No, this is a crapshoot. Whenever I post something on Wondermind podcast on Wondermind's Insta, like you know, you can count on some people seeing it and like, you know, maybe making a comment. But for the amount of work, you know, that goes into this and the amount of people who see it, it just doesn't make sense. And it's also doesn't, but you can't really do a podcast without sharing it out and spreading it widely as much as you possibly can. Yep. Um, so like I care about all of that, but I don't care about pupping it out anymore. And that was the clue to me that I'd had enough when I stopped caring about that piece of it.
0: I'll add, because this is my thing, right? Like I'll add that I was having bodily sensations of dragging, feeling yes. just like heavy, weighted down, pulled yes. down. If it started coming to doing marketing, they like yeah. the, the, it's almost an existential level of dread when I have to sit down and edit transcripts, which I'm really values wise committed to doing. Yes, Like sure. we could just not have transcripts y'all. But I really believe in them as being really important for accessibility. So yep. like when I am finding my body in conflict with my values. Ooh, that's a good one too. Yeah. Maybe I've had yep. enough. Yep. Ooh, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. I could take that and take it. Like I could expand that to 500 different things that have happened in the last few years. Mm-hmm. When my body is in conflict with my values,
1: maybe I've had enough. Larissa repeats that because she knows I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> I see you writing it down. <laughs> And maybe that is where we're going (laughs) to end. Let's end there. Um, Had enough. Um, So I want to close with what we're eating as we normally do. Um, And I don't want to forget to also help people, help people, (laughs) help people. I'm not sure that came from (laughs) I don't want to forget to thank you. Let's, let's close with what we're eating and then we'll get into a big thank you. Okay, good. Because I want to, yeah, I, I would like my body's really happy right now. Um, yeah. <laughs>
0: what are we eating? Uh, do you want to go first? Yes,
1: okay. I do want to go first.
0: <laughs> Friends, um, I
1: just surprised her. <laughs> ooh, Elizabeth had not planned on that. I don't know why, because it comes at the end of every single episode we do. And yet I had not. I will tell you last Saturday, I had some absolutely fabulous strawberries. I did not go strawberry picking yet, but I went to the farmer's market and picked up Mm. a couple of quarts, I think. It was like a two pound-ish package. I don't know if that's how many quarts it was. It was a big package um, of beautiful strawberries. And they were some of the best strawberries I have had in a long time. And I don't know, we do go through a ton of berries in our house because we all love them. And Mm -hmm. mainly my child loves them too. And it's funny, you kind of get used to not kind of average tasting. You know what I mean? Like it's just sort of like the berries off season Driscoll's from Mm -hmm. whatever, Northern California. Mm -hmm. Um, and these were amazing. They were local and they were fresh and they were so sweet. And even though some of them were bigger, they weren't like waterlogged. They were just fabulous. So I think I'm going to be eating more of those. I'm going to go back to the farmer's market tomorrow morning before I work, um, and get some more because they were so, so good. That sounds amazing.
0: I love fresh and seasoned fruit, especially berries when they're just so like juicy and sweet. And they're like, and you know that you, if you tried to package them up and take them to the grocery store, they would look sad and rotten. you know, like they just, they don't, they don't keep. Um, Yep. That's amazing. I love that. What about you? Yes. They were so good. I am having a steak dinner tonight and making steaks.
1: Oh, you're it's making nice. steaks. That's yes. Fancy. With, with
0: one of my right people. Yep. Is making nice. steaks for me more specifically. Oh, okay. So you're not making the steaks. So I'm be providing eating the steak. steaks. I You've am providing it. the steaks and they will be grilled for me. And, and How lovely is this? We don't know what we're having on the side, but it's going to be delicious. No matter it's what, be delicious. I haven't had a steak in forever. You Very know, delicious. It's yeah, just not the, I, I don't that. have a functional grill right now. So it's great. I'm excited yeah. for that. I love that. Looking forward to it.
1: So yeah, like you're having. I should just have it with strawberries. <laughs> but their farmers market's not open until tomorrow, and you're having steak tonight, so you need a potato or something like that.
0: Yeah, I think we're gonna do mashed potatoes or something. Like oh yeah, that's
1: great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Galiris um, uh, is gonna give us our usual spiel, and then um, then we'll, we'll then we'll close out.
0: Here's our usual spiel. If you'd like to support our work here on the podcast, please write us a review wherever you listen to podcasts that helps people find us and their wow and how of living a life of curiosity, community,
1: and liberation. In the interim, follow us on Wondermind Podcast at Instagram. Um, Thank you again. We will at some point, stop on that um, Instagram. So don't follow us forever, hoping for new content. It'll still be there. It's just not going to be updated. And just from the bottom of my heart, this was just such a labor of love that we hate that expression. It feels so trite. Um, But it's so true, right? But it's so true. (laughs) Sorry, y'all. It's so true. From the very beginning, we had um, an idea and y'all supported us. And we have Mm -hmm. thanked our patrons, I think, in many, many ways. But thank you to everyone else who has ever listened, ever shared a word, ever... Um, shared an Instagram post or mentioned the podcast to a friend. I am so grateful for your support. It's huge. It is huge. It is huge. We are so
0: grateful. And Elizabeth, thank you for indulging, enjoying, engaging. I can't find the right verb.
1: All of those. All of it.
0: Diving into this project with me, it has been such a delight and such a joy and such a pleasure to collaborate with you on this and to get a chance to think interesting thoughts. I hope, I sure hope if you're listening this far, that they were interesting to you,
1: Um, you know, like it's been so much fun to work on this with you. It's been so much fun. Yeah. I feel exactly the same. And again, would not have done this with any other person. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, Larissa.
0: Thank you so much. All right. Thanks everybody. Bye, we'll We'll see you soon.